Hi folks, it's Robbie Dowling here, just letting you know that myself and Eddie Scally recorded this episode of the Kilkenny Hurling Podcast over Zoom, so if you think the quality is a bit lower, that is the reason, but be rest assured that we will be back in the studio from next week onwards. Let's get straight into the podcast. The Kilkenny Hurling Podcast with Eddie Scally and Robbie Dowling, brought to you by KCLR and scoreline.ie. It's a Kilkenny Hurling Podcast brought to you by KCLR. Each week, myself, Robbie Dowling and Eddie Scally review the weekend's action in the Kilkenny Senior, Intermediate and Junior Hurling Leagues, as well as looking ahead to the next weekend's action. I'm delighted to say that I am joined by the aforementioned Eddie Scally. Eddie, how are you today? Absolutely right, Robbie, and yourself? Yeah, flying it now after what felt like the opening weekend is almost like the warm-up. It's like we're into the main event now, it feels, after the second round of games. Um, you could tell probably a lot of the games... They upped the level this weekend. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, teams started to put their hands up a bit in the air. Like, we had talked about this last week that, you know, some teams are going to start a little bit slower and try and peak at different times. But I'd say to you, I, I, I kind of feel that that's a, a very risky way to go about your business. I think it's about, you know, coming flying out of the blocks and, and getting stuck into the championship as quick as you can because it's not a switch you can turn on or off. But I, I'm, I'm enjoying the format of the games. They're coming at us ticking fast. It was excellent this weekend in Kilkenny. You, you, you game Friday night, you game Saturday. And what I really liked on Sunday, I was at the game in Bennett's Bridge between Tara and Dickens Ford. But you could see all the people coming from Thomastown yeah. after been at the game earlier. And I actually said it to Ronnie, like, half the Ballyhale team was behind us. Um, I could see all the Tullerone boys down at the far corner. You know, all the other teams that had played already yeah. over the weekend, they're all coming in. Like, there was a huge crowd in the bridge uh, for the game. And... Not the easiest place in the world to park um, no. matches, but in fairness to the marshals and the stewards and everybody there, to, to handle the crowd, they did, they did a brilliant job. And Ronnie was a pain to point out about the facilities they have in Menace Bridge. They're, they're working wonders down there. Brilliant Hurlem Wall pitch was in pristine condition. It was super. But um, I know people are arguing and giving out about split seasons and stopping games and all that. I'm just delighted to see the club seasons up and going. And, and I actually, to me, so far this year, it feels like crowds are much bigger at the end. Yeah, I was just going to say, We've had five games on KCLR in the senior grade over the opening two weekends, and all the clubs, because I need to be getting in touch with PROs and that to make sure that we're all good to do commentaries from them, they're so welcoming, the jobs they're doing, which, you know, as we say, they aren't kind of ultra stadiums that you see in other sports, or it's not even Nolan Park, they are kind of restricted in their facilities, but they're doing their utmost to get as many people into these games as possible, and they should be commended for all the great work that they are doing. Um, Eddie, just before we do get into all of it, when people are so engrossed in this, to have as many games as we have from a Friday night at 7 o'clock all the way through to Sunday evening, it is kind of like Christmas coming early, isn't it? It is, you know, because when you get towards the business end of the championship, you end up with two games on the weekend or one game, you know, semi-finals, yeah. finals. But at this time of the year, like, I mean, there was, I think there was close on 16 games or even more at the weekend you know there was well over 16 games played at the weekend but the way they're spaced out you can actually plan your weekend and say look you know in my case I had a wedding this weekend so I knew I wasn't able to go to the game on Friday night but I was delighted I got to listen to it on the radio and I was delighted to listen to it mm. um, and it was an absolute humdinger of a game to start the weekend off but you can plan it they're spaced out enough that you could get two games on a Saturday and two games on a Sunday depends on your own 
family life and personally <laughs> I know my wife shifts me out the door but she's, she's nice. happy to see me go but nah it's, it's, it's brilliant and it is as you say it's like Christmas coming at once but what's brilliant as well is I love the format where these games are being played in club pitches so you know in Thomastown's pitch you the Glenmore people and the James Stevens people coming but also people from Thomastown they were able to stroll yes. over there and watch that yes, game yes. I think that's a big thing and I think like in Carlo they're playing 90% of the games in Dr. Cullen Park which is brilliant too and um, that these teams all get to play in that much Cullen Park which is super but I think you lose out on that little bit I think in the league championship section anyway it's fantastic that they're in, in these grounds I don't think you'd have the same fun or crowds if there were double headers in Nolan Park as you're getting you know when they're being spread around and love is being spread because you can be guaranteed in Thomastown the other day between Marshalls and the people from Thomastown themselves you've James Stevens and Glenmore playing in your pitch and you're into hurling two minute walk down the road yeah let the kids in let's see the, see the game I think it's brilliant just to pick up on that and I do want to get into the action but we tend to go off on a tangent as people would know um, there has been a lot of discussion about that in Carlo the fact that all the games are in Netwatch Cullen Park and maybe it's not being spread around to the clubs and maybe it's something that they will be looking at in the years to come but from a Kilkenny perspective to have all these games in these venues where there, it feels like there's a almost a big event happening in rural areas and within t- smaller towns as well it just brings great vibrancy and it really does whet the appetite for the later stages of the competition as well throughout the county Ah yeah look 100% I mean you know we've, we've some absolutely unbelievable pitches if any you know like you take the likes of Connie Shamrock's pitch probably one of the best pitches I've ever seen uh, Benatar Craig Namana phenomenal facilities Craig yeah. Namana at the moment are a junior club hopefully they'll win the junior championship this year but they're a junior club their pitch has actually been used for rounds many rounds of senior hurling championship because the facilities are so good so I just think it's brilliant and, and Kenny G have, have this down to the fine art you're putting it in the shop window like you see the likes of the TJ Reeds or Adrian Mullins but the same in Carly as the likes of your Jack Cavanaugh's or your Chris, Chris Nolan's or your Jake Doyle's, Marty Cavanaugh's. Little smaller clubs, I don't mean that, you know, patting them on the head no, being no. condescending. Yeah. Smaller clubs, let them pitches, let them be used. Maybe some of the football clubs play their football championship matches in more hurling predominant clubs and vice versa. That you're showing the love and letting kids come and see the against. But look, we're focused on Kenny, that's one thing they're definitely getting right. They certainly are. We'll have our team of the week in the senior grade a little bit later in the podcast. Before that, we'll go through the results from the weekend. Two games on Friday night. The game that we had here live on KCLR saw Dixburg come out on top against O'Loughlin Gales by a goal in 20 points to a goal in 17 points. While it was very one-sided between Mullinavat and Tullerone, 6-21 to 1-9 in favour of last year's league champions. A further two games on Saturday, both of them live on KCLR. Again, a very tight game between Bennis Bridge and Greg Valley Callan. Finished 17 points to 14 in favour of Greg Valley Cannon. So they get their first victory of the season. Aaron Zone got their first point of the season. A last second goal got them a 120 to 120 draw with the county champions Bally Hale Shamrocks in Tom Royal Park. Another of those incredibly well kept pitches that Eddie was chatting about. Two games again on Sunday and both of them live on Casey. A one point win for Glenmore. Alan Murphy scoring 230 as they defeated James Stevens by two goals and 18 points. 23 points. Well again it was a bit one sided in their last game of the weekend as Clara came out on top against Dainsford 23 points to 30 and any standout result of the weekend look it's not the one you're going to think I'm going to say because that won't shock you anyway but the standout result of the weekend is I have absolutely done one of that bad air I said to you last week about how consistent one of that air I did say to you about how fit they'll be how everything they'll be dogged fight till the end to do it all I have no idea what in the name of God happened there. 621 to 1-9. Now, I should say, Eddie, um, there was a bereavement in the area. 
apparently. So that could have been an issue. I know their uh, Tullerone manager told us that um, um, there was a bit of an issue there, maybe with Mullinavat, and that could have probably did play a large part in it. And you're looking at me like I should have told you before the podcast. Oh, Andy, if you'd have said that yeah, before the start of the podcast, so, you're a right pig now. No, but anyway. no, but look, I think that is maybe what happened there. That's it, look, uh, if it is, uh, hopefully... It would explain it, because how... Nobody's seen this coming. No, they didn't. Uh, look, I don't know, like, uh, you've told me to the left there now, anyway, but sorry. fired straight under the bus. Sorry, but sorry. No, you're grand. Tullerone themselves, let's, let's look at it from, from the genuine perspective. Yeah, yeah. Tullerone are a brilliant team and they're a team I said they are in the first four in Kilkenny last week and they are in the first four in Kilkenny they're right there um, you know the, the power of players that they have on their team uh, Tommy Watch a full back absolutely brilliant Porrick Watch a centre back um, Mossy Keown Bill Gaffney is coming into it himself now as well Shane Watch they've, they've an abundance of talent around the field they aren't going to be too far away like I mean you had them kind of airmarked as one of the dark horses I think as well in the championship yeah, right, like, um, yeah. Like, they're right there so you would have, you know, I would have expected Tullerone to win the game, and they needed to win as well because they lost the first day out. So it's important to get a, a win on the board. I wouldn't have expected them to win in the fashion that they did win. The only thing I will say about them is, it's going six twenty one in the game. It shows this real rootless streak in a team that they're just going to go straight for the juggler. Um, it was a phenomenal result. Um, as you said, maybe there is issues in, in Mullinavan at the weekend. Uh, if that is the case, you know, I'm offering my deepest sympathies yeah. to the people involved. Um, you know, obviously, I, I wasn't going to know that, but look, it is what it is. Mullinavan, though, again, like we're out again next weekend in the championship, so they've only got five, six days now to, to put that behind them. That won't be simple. Yeah. Um, on a positive, I will say to you, I was at a wedding on Thursday and the day after the wedding we were chatting that night on the Friday night and the result that came in and I said to one of the lads at the wedding I said Jesus these lads are getting some pound and, and uh, they were losing by 25 or 26 points at the time and I think he tipped me on the leg and reminded me that St. Mullins had beaten us by a similar scoreline about three weeks ago so he said you know I didn't have to look too far to find a team doing it but we came out the following week and got the win so hopefully Mullinavac can do the same but Yeah and uh, we, we should say obviously we hope everyone's keeping well down in Mullinavac um, if that was the case and also so uh, I think I said it to you last week everybody's due a bad game and hopefully for Mundelavat this is their bad game now, and there are reasons behind that as well yeah, yeah no look we'll move on from that game because yeah. I'm going to take I'm going to take you on that one uh, if that's the case because um, I expect way more from the Mundelavat lads anyway but we'll see what happens yeah. the other result of the weekend well question Ballyhead Shamrock's in his own wrong game um, again I listened to the game um because of obviously we know where the weekend last second goal for Aaron's own it was do you know what though and I know Bally Hale had built up a bit of a lead in the second half but all that first half it was a real Aaron's own were edging it like yeah. it, was a, it was a 50-50 game it was a good battle Aaron's own were edging it Bally Hale kind of Bally hailed them I suppose is the only way to put it in the second half 10 minutes in but, but fair juice Aaron's own I think they went 7 points down at one stage yeah, in the second half stage, yeah. um, you know they, they showed some really good fighting character I'm sure Sean Dempsey delighted with the the heart that they showed in in that second half to keep going. Got a goal. It was literally the last poke of the game. It was a real sucker punch from Ali Hill. Um, takes him to a point. Like, where where are you with Bally Hill? Um, I've told you my opinion was that that Bally Hill could could. I'm not saying struggle. It's by their own massively high standards. Yeah. Um, and this is another result there. You know. 
<laughs> everything is pointing towards Ballyhale maybe having a, a bit of a hangover this year. Morris Aylward actually said it to us on scoreline at the weekend. He was chatting to us ahead of that Carlow County final between St. Mullins Mountain and Leicester Rangers. But um, our scoreline presenter here, Shane O'Keefe, actually asked him about the Shamrocks. Of course, Morris was manager of the Shamrocks for a number of years there when they won that four in a row from 06 to 09. And Kenny, he says that they're not at the same level at all and that maybe it has run its course for this team for this year that they've been on the road a lot it's hard to come back and win consecutively all of the time do you think he's right obviously you feel as though maybe that is the case at the moment yeah it is uh, you know like for me it is anyway um I think it's 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 starting to look that way. Yeah. Um, we we'll see. It's the chat, like, like, no one will make a liar you like Ballyhale. Like they'll come out and they'll pulverize someone and they'll say the thing. You know they're up and running and they're back and the whole lot. But he's right in one thing. This Ballyhale team is not as strong as the Ballyhale team that they had last year, okay. which wasn't as strong as the Ballyhale team that they had maybe two years ago. Do you know yeah. the type of way? So they, they're on a little, the trajectory they're on is, is 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 coming back to the field. Now remember. They had a bit of a, a lead on everybody as well. Is it coming back enough to stop them winning the championship? Time will tell. I still think I'd be worried if I was Pat Hoban in there and my lazy Jimmy Mar, I'd be worried about I'd be worried about the form they're showing at the moment because you know, it's all well and good saying if this lad comes back or if that lad comes back, but the truth of the matter is, you know, they have what they have at this ball. They were a little bit stronger, they lined out a little bit stronger, if you know what I mean. And I don't mean that disrespectfully to anybody that didn't start this time to start at the last time, but they're getting closer to their own kind of starting 15 and you know I don't think like last week I was chatting to you about relegation and sure you would not corner for relegation oh, yeah, I'd stand by it buried, yeah. I'd stand by it oh no this I'm saying to you but yeah. you wouldn't have in a million years given him a one point draw with no certainly not no I didn't see it happen for Comer for Aaron's own sure you yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure you do uh, <laughs> This point could mean a lot to them, not just in terms of what it puts them on the group, but also momentum now, trying oh. to get some results towards the end of this group. This is it, you know. Like, I mean, everything is about momentum. And I, like, I, I'm a massive believer in winning as a great culture. Uh, that draw, that draw will feel like a win. You can see the goal in the oh, last yeah. minute of the game to draw a match. That feels like a loss. But if you score that goal, that feels like a win. This is the catalyst Comer will probably want. You know, when we look at the fixtures that are up and coming, there's a week's break coming as well. You know, and I think it's so important going into that week break as well that you're you're in a positive position. You know, it's get a, as far away from relegation as you can. Every point counts but this is this is one of the ones where, where Sean will be able to come back to the dressing room and say listen boys when we were three points down against Ballyhale Shamrocks with no time left on the clock we didn't give up and no, I, I think Homer will, 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 will use this as a big catalyst for I'm not saying they're going to go and light up the championship or anything like that but they'll take great solace in that those two teams are second from bottom and bottom respectively um, the other teams that are third and fourth in this group. Bennis Bruce and Greg Bally Callan. They played out a 17 point to 14 point game on Saturday. As I said, Bally Callan won that game. That means they're into fourth. Bennis Bridge are in third. A bit like Aaron Zone, this felt like a huge result for Bally Callan. Oh, this is a, you know, it's a massive result for Bally Callan. They're off their great start. Um, you know, the first day they played James Stevens, wasn't it? It was yeah. James Stevens, and that was a tight game. You know, by all, mm. uh, like I'd expect the James Stevens match with being county finalists. No one in the country expected another to James Stevens win, and it comes to a win. Mm. Great, Callan put it up to them. Um, 
100% they did they're going into Bennett's Bridge again one of your dark horses for the championship you felt that Bennett's Bridge maybe were one of the teams that we could be keeping an eye on hmm. um, I think I think they're a little bit behind in, 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 in the process maybe it's another year or two for them guys but you know Greg Ballycallan I was surprised by the result uh, Robbie I'm not going to lie to you I didn't expect it yeah neither did I um, no, but then I don't know I was trying to, to, to Ronnie at one of the games yesterday and you know I, I said to him I said Jesus you were uh, very coy about Greg Bally Callan and he you know, he probably rightly said, Well he said I can't be at Melbourne because you know, if you say something good about them but I kinda of got that feeling off Ronnie that there's there's a little bit of a buzz behind this team this year, um, Greg Bally Callan and do you know what, they won't be so bad now in fairness. Uh, the Eugene Clunan had said that to you, he'd he'd have them really well drilled, he'd have them working very hard and I was delighted for him to get the, the win as well and look, Venice Bridge, they're always gonna be a handful for everybody anyway, that's just go two ways around it. So I think Greg Bally Callan will be looking at trying to get one more win on the board and that should probably take them out of that relegation worry yeah probably will um, the last game in this group it was on Sunday Glenmore 218 23 points to James Stevens. I'm surprised you didn't mention this as one of the results of the weekend because that means Glenmore opened their 2023 league campaign by defeating the county champions and last year's runners up that's about as good a start as you're ever going to see across the country yeah, definitely. Um, I wasn't surprised that Glenmore won because I was so impressed with them the week before in Ballyhale. I suppose that's why yeah. they didn't they didn't shock me. I I was lucky enough to have watched them play. Um, Bob Edward is over them this year. Obviously, Ballyhale man, Bob, um, really good coach. You can see the way they're playing. They're, they're, like, in fairness to Glenmore. They're not just some kind of dogged team that'll stick with you and just be sticky markers yeah. and all that. They actually have a really nice system of playing hard, and they really try and find the right pass inside. And they're mixing with the best of us. Like I mean, they're 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 big units around the field and all that. So I wasn't stunned with the one game. I knew it was going to be a tight game, um, but it could have been much more. I mean, Gavin Costley and stops some bullets in the goal from James <laughs> Stevens, and at the other end of the field, James Stevens were quite wasteful as well. Like it was. For an actual spectacle, it was the match of the weekend. There, there's, there's no two ways around it. I mean, anyone that was at it will tell you. But no, there was a massive crowd at it as well. In fairness, the commentary, Ushin and um, Mark Mark, Berlin, yeah. yeah, they absolutely were. They were buzzing as well. And yeah, they put it had everything. I mean, at one stage in it, um, there was a hurled fire to stop it and get a strike off. You know, you know tennis and stuff there. Yeah, yeah. This is it. You know, there was there was nothing lacking in it, and it was it was a cracking game. The two teams that come out of that game. You know, James Stevens would be disappointed they didn't win the game, but they'll come out of it and say, you know, whichever the old cliche, haven't lost that in defeat. They actually really haven't lost that in defeat. Really good games get under their belts. It'll, you know, tighten up a few of the nuts mm-hmm. out there and whatever. But Clem Moore again, and then you said about forwards needing to be found. Adam Murphy absolutely waged a one man war in that game. Mm-hmm. Like, he was just phenomenal. I think he got. 2.12 in total I think 2.13 2.4 or 2.5 from play yeah possibly I think so yeah. you know like you were on about forwards Kenny were lacking a few of the forwards here there's a lad scoring 2.5 in, in, in a senior hurling championship match against James Stevens honoured absolutely unmarkable he's been around the Kilkenny panel for a sizable period of time now why do you think he's, he's been in the team out of the team this year he was kind of you know a substitute that was being brought on with about 15 minutes to go give or take why do you think he hasn't been able to push himself into that starting 15 when we talk about maybe the dirt of forwards in Kilkenny at the moment? Yeah, it's... I suppose, like, Alan, I would have always kind of seen him as a midfielder, you know, and that's, 
the problem. And then what happens when you pigeonhole into a position in, in, in someone's head? If you're not making that team in that position, it's very hard to see if we move somewhere else. This is his first year with Derek Ling. I don't know that he try and, and, and push for that midfield berth there this season because, you know, there was obviously there was gaps in midfield for, for Kenny. Didn't get it. Um, he's coming into this league championship section now on the back of senior hurling campaign with Kenny. So his fitness levels and everything else will be completely through the roof, um, which gives him an advantage over most club players that he'd be facing up against. I don't know. I, I can't put my finger on why he hasn't broken into it. But if he's performing the way he's performing in the championship, I'd say there'll be signs going up outside of Nolan Park asking for answers as to why he's not getting to it. And I hope he keeps going the way he's going because Kilkenny Hurling Championship wants the number one and Kilkenny County team wants the two. So that's kudos to Alan Murphy. He was absolutely exceptional. Yes, certainly one of the players of the week. There's no doubt about that. That's our Group A discussion over. We'll just go through the team or the, the group stage rather as it stands at the moment. Glenmore to- are on top with four points. James Stevens in line second on two points. Spence Bridge are third with two points. Greg Valley Callan are fourth with two points. And then the bottom two, as I said, Ballyhill Shamrocks are fifth with one point. And then the bottom team still, after that very good draw against the Shamrocks, is Aaron's own. They also have a point. Just before we move on to Group B, Eddie, how do you see that looking now at the moment? It's all very bunched because of that draw between the Shamrocks and Comer and because of that win for Bally Fallon over Bridge. Well, Glenmore is sitting pretty enough, let me tell you. They've played Bally and Shamrocks and James Stevens in their first two games. Like, yeah. So... I think are they top oh yeah <laughs> done deal you think oh definitely like, I, I hope this isn't the conversation that they're having up again more <laughs> tonight at training and lads cracking open cans but like um, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't say so no I, I'm afraid it won't be uh, but uh, yeah I, I think I think four points after them two games is just phenomenal uh, the way it looks now is I think if they win two more games they're guaranteed nearly to stop the group and they have to play Homer uh, Greg Bally Callan and Ben Bridge they're definitely going to win two of them games okay. unless unless something drastic happens that you do me horrible next week when I put up a bad result for them or something like that no but, no. No, but I, uh, no. do you think I'm wrong? oh no I think Glenmore and our certainties I think they'll beat Homer I think they'll beat one of Ballycan and Venice are worse they'll probably go on to win two so I think they should be okay that's around the top around the bottom are the Shamrocks going to be going into the final two rounds, particularly the last round, in a bit of a relegation battle? And who are going to be the bottom two in the end, do you think? Um, like it's, it's, it's going to come down to, like, Shamrocks have played Comer now and Glenmore. Obviously, they, they would have expected to, to have beaten Comer, no disrespect to Comer. But you have James Stevens, Bennett Bridge, and Greg Bally Callan are the three games to come for Shamrocks. Um, the Bennett Bridge game will be... It always is massive, massive uh, intensity in that and big rivalry. They'll, they'll find it tough there. The James Stevens game after getting beat in the county final last year, James Stevens will take every opportunity they can to try and get one over on them. And, you know, the last game then you're kind of looking at there is the great Bally Callan game. Um, conceivably, Bally Hill could find themselves down in the bottom too. Um, I know it's sounds like lunacy for me. No, but, could happen. Um, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked for them to be in the bottom too, but I wouldn't be shocked for them to win the last three games either. Right. So the games this weekend in that group, I know I said we move on from, but we may as well preview the games while we're at it. Friday night, Aaron's own versus Glenmore, seven o'clock throwing in St John's Park. 
Moving on to Saturday, another game live on KCLR at half past four. Great Valley Callan versus Valley Hill Shamrocks. That's in Callan in John Lock Park. And then there is a, where am I at? another game Friday night, which will actually be live on KCLR as well. So you think I know that. Bennis Bridge versus The Village in Danes Fort. That's seven o'clock as well. So two games on Friday and then one game on Saturday. Who's getting victories here, Eddie, to propel them into the upper echelons of this group? I think Glenmore will be Comer. Um, I think they're just flying, so that'll be grand there. Uh, Greg Bally Callan and Ballyhale Shamrocks. Shamrocks have to win this game. Um, and so do Greg Bally Callan. You're going to have a cracker of a game there, but I'd say Ballyhale Shamrocks will win that. And then James Stevens against Bennett's Bridge. I think James Stevens will win that as well. They were, you know, they were, they were good last week. It's not the end of the world losing in that one. Uh, Bennett's Bridge, you know, I think Bennett's Bridge need a reaction to performance last week as well. But I think James Stevens alleged that. I, I know it was suggested that Ballyhale will be missing another marquee forward uh, for the Great Bally Cali game uh, next week. I don't know. I'd absolutely, you know, be pulling your hair out to, you know, trying to get the right 15 on the field for Pat Hoban, but I, look, I hope it happens from pretty soon because it must be very frustrating to be playing with a half a deck of cards at the moment, but look, it is what it is. It's not a knockout championship yet, but I'm going to go for, again, more win, uh, Bally Hill Shamrock's win and a James Stevens win. I agree on all three. So we will move on, but just, just very briefly, this group, if you finish in the bottom two, you're guaranteed to meet one of Dixborough, Tullerone, or Lachlan's Clare among the better Danes Fort. With the exception of Danes Fort, that's an incredibly difficult relegation semi-final as a proposition if you do finish in the bottom two in this group. Yeah, I, I would say as well, Danes Fort will be a difficult semi-final as well. Any um, games, yeah. You no, know, because I tell you, just on Danes Fort yesterday, and we'll talk about that group next, but Danes Fort were so wasteful in front of goal yesterday. That's The reason Danes Fort lost that game yesterday was purely down to being wasteful in front of the goals. It was a, I know the, the, the final score was they lost by 10 points, but it's 17 points. Yeah. Um, you know, if they can correct that and make some of them smaller mistakes, they'll be a hell of a lot closer um, than people think. And then they've got, they, you know, they've got some really class players I think Robbie Welch is absolutely brilliant Richie Hogan was brilliant yesterday Paul Murphy at centre back the, the safest thing you can do if you're in group one is not finishing the bottom two get out there and don't be worried about it but you're dead right someone like Mullinavat is going to be in a relegation semi-final what we call one of the big teams yes and you're right if you end up in that you could end up in a relegation final uh, as a result of that so no one's going to want to finish in the bottom two there right the other group we spoke about Tullerone and Mullinavat already that finished 621 to 1-9 both games were on, or sorry, one game was on Friday night between O'Loughlin's and the Borough. The, the other game, which I said, was on Friday night. The Borough won there, one goal and 20 points to 117. And then Clara defeated Danes Fort on Sunday, 23 points to 13. That City Derby, big win for the Borough, I would say, but again, um, probably can't put too much weight on it this early in the year. I wouldn't put any, any major weight on any of these games yet, but again, Two teams. It was played in the city as well, so it was really city rivalry. Yeah, like, but you, you know, you're going to get it. It's yeah. the game of the weekend. Like, look at the players that were on show there. Um, half time, I thought I was after doing Dixborough dirty as well uh, by saying that they were going to win, and my prediction of them winning the championship this year. The second half um, came out, done the job, workman like got the win done, one twenty to one seventeen. As you said. I thought it was very interesting. The last day that they played, I was so complimentary of their short passing, the running off the shoulder, retaining the possession, just so hard. It wasn't breaking down. It wasn't on Friday night. It was a different game. Uh, it was much more of a battle. Um, O'Loughlin Gales weren't going to be standing off them. I don't mean that knocking 
car out letting it be before, but Rockin' Gales pushed right up on top of them, pushed up on their pokeouts. That takes the short poke out, out of the game slightly. And once you do that, if you're playing a short game, it's very hard to set up for your runners if you're not able to hit the first poke out short or find your man. So turn it into a real dogfight. And Dixburg came out the other side of that dogfight. If you'd asked me a couple of weeks ago, would Dixburg come out on the right side of a dogfight, I would have said to you, they want a proper hurdle match. Big space in the field. Let their real forward, Bill Sheen, Harry Shine, Daphne, um, Mark Nolan. Let them give them space. Lee Moore. Like they're just even in Nolan as well. They're 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 phenomenal. Um, they're phenomenal use of the ball. It's it's they're brilliant that way with space. But on on Friday night it was devoid of space. It was down to fight like hell and win your own ball. Yeah, there's certain games I have to say was by far the game of the weekend ahead of all the games. But then you realise afterwards there's almost not an awful lot of jeopardy or consequence on it because both of these sides are actually so good it's just unfathomable to think that they're going to be anywhere near the bottom oh yeah no no this is it but like it, it comes back to the bragging rights side of things Robbie as well ah there is that of course yeah. <coughs> you know and you know lads say to you oh sure's not mistaken and all that like I I, I, I watched um, I watched the Clara and Dane's four players after the match yesterday in the car park mm-hmm. and they were kind of leaning back on the rails and they were chatting with family and um, the players like still talking yeah. out just coming in off the field and they were all lying on rails chatting to family Dane's four players car players it was a very relaxed almost like uh community feel the the opening of a new pitch type of an atmosphere. There was no one fired up or going bananas. There was no hurls thrown into the crowd. And this is what you're going to get in League Championship. You're not going to start murdering each other. But when there's two games left in the League Championship and one game left and now all of a shot you know you're ending up in relegation, then the blood and skin starts flying. But my argument on this one has always been the same. Two points now are the very same as two points in the last game. So you're far better off getting these points on the board, getting yourself safe, and even being in the enviable position of sitting back on into your last game saying, hold on a second now, if we win on Friday, not the teams that do this, but if we win on Friday, we're going to be playing Ballyhill Shamrocks. But if we lose, we won't be playing Ballyhill Shamrocks. So you go out then and you start the uh, 15 intermediate lads that want to get that chance to play senior and you do and you just don't worry about it and you pick who you want in the next round of the championship. Happens every single year. Yeah, and we don't support it. But anyway, <laughs> uh, the last game of the weekend, uh, Clara 23 points, stands for 13 points. Probably with the exception of Mullen and Tudor own the most one-sided game of the weekend. Scoreline-wise, it was definitely one-sided. But I can tell you... Like pound for pound on the game, I couldn't believe it at half time. That I couldn't believe the car were in front at half time. Actually, Dane Sport had had had. Now I won't say hurled them off the pitch, but Dane Sport definitely had the lion's share of possession, the, the lion's share of shots. They were doing all the hooking, all the blocking, all the working on the middle third of the field. And Clara had them on the scoreboard. You know, like Clara were just so economical when they went forward to pop the scores. Um, Clara's half forward line, to be fair, and that middle third of the field in general. Um, Jack Langton, um, Paul Cody, Martin O'Connell, Liam Ryan, they were all very, very good, and they were very busy. John Murphy um, and Chris Bulger, uh, you know, in fairness to Chris, he was out in the half-forward line, he was out on midfield, you know, he just worked so hard. Uh, it didn't make it easy on us because he was wearing the same colour helmet as Martin O'Connell, you know, the two of them, but they were out around that area fighting like hell. John Murphy was 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 in around, like, you know, they, they, they really did put in a shift, Um from the other side with the, the Dane's fourth side of it you know with the exception of 
Richie Hogan like Robbie Watts is very quiet by his own standards Richie Hogan hit a lot of scores but my god they hit some whites like they hit and not just from play like they missed seven or eight threes and it was just so unlike their sport um, but at this level yeah, you, you can't be wasteful when you get your chances you just have to take them they're just so bloody hard to come by mm, certainly are this weekend's games then in that group Friday night, 7 o'clock in Erlingford, Clara take on Tullerone. Then on Saturday, it sees Mullen in the back going up against O'Loughlin Gales at 2 o'clock in Hugginstown. We'll have live commentary of that game on KCLR, and we'll also have live commentary on Sunday as the bottom team, Danes Fort, face Dixborough at 3 o'clock. That's back out in Park James on the home of James Stevens, of course. Eddie, just to very quickly go through those fixtures, Clara and Tullerone usually feels like two teams that will have ideas of going on to win the championship. Of course, they both will again this year, but one of them are going to be in a bit of trouble if they lose this. Yeah, um, they, they are. Like, they, they are. The only, the only thing is, this is a tight group now. This is a really tight group, yeah. and a win in this game, you know, changes the whole complexion of that group. This is this is the the game that you'd say is the tightest game. Um, from what I've seen so far in the championship, and I've seen both of these teams play, you know, Tullerone will win this game. Like, like genuinely, Tullerone, I think, I think Clara will put it right up to them and give them a right good rattle. But um, I just Tullerone, I just Tullerone in the first four still in Kilkenny, and I'd be surprised if, especially with the score to put up the other day, six twenty one. You know, is is it a great? Is it a great preparation for a tight game? I don't know if it is, but they won't be doing anything like this to, to Clara. I can tell you, but I think it'll be a very very tight game and. Like for me, I, I think I think Tullerone will come out on top maybe by a couple of scores. How much do Clara need a performance here more than anything to show that they're back to the level or near the level that they have been at over the last 10 years or so and also to back up that result against James Ford? Yeah, I think it's important. Clara had a very good performance yesterday and it is important to point that out. They were, they, they were good yesterday. Yeah. They played well. Um, I think, you know, uh, Martin is there. Martin Byrne is over them now and I think for Martin and the backroom team because there's a new management team in there and all that I think what they're hoping for is a bit of consistency that's what I'd imagine that they'd love to see is a bit of consistency you know go in there try to win the game against Sutherland but if you don't lose don't lose by much you know if you're going to lose don't lose by much keep it as tight as you can and come out of there with some positives from it um, it'd be great for Clary if they could get that because I, I think I think they're going okay they're, they are they are definitely coming back you know but there's a bit of a gap to get Sutherland Mullinavat and O'Loughlin's these two now over the last two years I remember both games were in Ballyhale I think last year was a first round championship game the year before that it was a quarter final game O'Loughlin's won in 2021 by a point and then Mullinavat reversed it last year winning by a point in the first round they always have brilliant games do you expect it to be the same on Saturday? Yeah assuming that stuff happened last weekend and all that and there's reasons for the Mullinavat performance well then yeah definitely two teams that always rattle each other I said it last week I won't give them the kiss of death to anybody going on about how hard and none of that work and how honest and genuine they are. I will say one thing though, a Lachlan Gales got beaten last week by Dixborough and they're in that position as well, a loss and this game is putting them at the wrong end of that table when it comes to, you know, whichever of these teams lose this game, they're staring at relegation semi-final that's what they're looking at so I think you know there's going to be two teams in a relegation semi-final we're assuming Dan Sword with two defeats are in pole position to get in there so who's going to join them so I think O'Loughlin Gales I, I'd be fancying O'Loughlin Gales to win that game I don't think they'll, they'll by any stretch of the imagination murder them on the back but I think they'll, they'll win the game by two or three scores as well and then Danes Ford in the borough that's three o'clock on Sunday would you worry for Danes Ford if this goes bad on Sunday and what by bad I mean Another double-digit loss. 
yeah, look, it's, 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 it's awful hard. It's very hard for, for the management team. Um, and it's very hard for, for selection and all that. Willie Coogan is in there. Willie Coogan, he's been around the block. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he's a really good coach. And he have seen this before. It, it is, like Ronnie said it yesterday as well, and he's right. Like, the senior grade, you win one match and you can still be senior next year. You know, you just win that one day and peak. Um, the Dixborough game, I'd be looking at it there. Like, Darrell O'Neill came off just at the start of the second half yesterday. Now, I don't know, was he concussed? Ronnie said maybe he was sick. Ronnie was diagnosed with COVID, I think, from the stand where we were. But for me, what I thought had happened, it looked like he tweaked something running back out onto the pitch. And he, he was immense in the first half. I cannot stress how well he was playing for them. He was on the extended kick any panel. Well, he was absolutely fantastic. And they lost him at half time. And I think he was a killer blow to them. Seeing him in the dugout, he looked disconsolate from the distance I was away. He looked really disappointed. And what I feared was there was something that he'd been struggling with that tweaked. Hope that's not the case because he's vital for these. Um, because Willie Coogan, I'd be looking at this Dixborough game as, look, you know, just go in here try and get some positives out as well. Um, I can't see any scenario where Dan Storm will beat Dixborough, I'll put it to that way. Yeah. Um, you know, does it matter if you lose by 10 points or 10,000 points? It doesn't really, it's the same result, you know, the type of way. So what I'd be doing is go out, absolutely fire everything at it, and if it's getting away from me, I'd try and blow a few new players and let them get a taste of senior hurling. But, um, Dixborough, the way that they're moving at the moment, they're going to be they're going to be really hard to beat. So wins for Dixborough, Lachlan's and Tullerone this weekend in that group. Yeah, yeah, looks like I would agree with that as well. So we're in agreement on both groups. Just to run through how that group is shaping up at the moment, Dixborough on top with four points, two wins from two. Then Tullerone are in second on two points. Or Lachlan's are in third on two points. Clara in fourth on two points. One of that are also on two points. Daylight in fifth. While Dane's fourth are bottom with no points. Is it fair to say Dane's fourth? I don't like using this phrase, but they're going to be the whipping boys of this group, and then it's going to be incredibly tight between the other five teams, but maybe with the exception of Dixborough, maybe isolating themselves at the top. Um, yeah, no, Dixborough, Dixborough, big challenges to come as well. Like, Dixborough are going to have to play to their own. Um, that'll take Willen. Um, and, you know, and the Mullinavac game as well isn't going to be easy either. So, look, Dixborough uh, are, in a, are a bit like Glenn Mortar in business now, though, aren't they, with the wins from two? Yeah, well, say, well, this is it. It's when, well, it depends on what happens in the other results. If you have to remember it's the other results, it's sometimes your win is important, but it's who loses in the other games is just as important. I think at the end of the weekend, Dixborough will still be only two points ahead if you get me I expect Tullerone to win which will leave them just two points behind them and they still have to play each other and you know it's just if there's a shock in any other games like Mullen or Lachlan Hills one of them is going to win it's not going to be a shock obviously and then that's going to leave them just two points off the two so yeah look I think what's, what's, what's becoming obvious there is Dane's Ford are going to be they're definitely going to be in the relegation whether they finish last or second last in the group I don't know they're going to be the whipping boys I, I, I would expect I, I don't know where they're going to get the win out in that group um, that's that's being, being completely honest when you see what they have to come um, I think I think it's, it's, it's only going to get harder um, and look sure look we'll see where they are at, at the end of it as well it's about buying yourself up I'm not writing them off just yet but they do need to get something on the board as fast as possible right so this brings us on to 37 and a half minutes in. A new feature that we have on this week's podcast, the Senior Team of the Week. Now, obviously, and I won't apologize for this, we can't get to every game. I'm back here in studio, as a lot of people that listen to KCLR will know, trying to make sure that everything is going okay on air and successfully doing it, I like to think. Um, maybe maybe you disagree. Eddie Scally does be at the matches. You heard him on commentary on Sunday for Clara versus Danes Ford. And, of course, he will be across the grades throughout the year for us. But 
Eddie, you are at a sizable number of games. I get to as many in the evening as I possibly can on a Saturday and then on a Sunday um, when I'm out of here, out of here on KCLR. But the way we've done this is we've asked all of our contributors, and there have been plenty for people that listen into KCLR regularly, to send on their most sort of highlighted player for each of the games that they've been at. Then we kind of get a reasoning, we get the stats behind that, and we pick our 15. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> you went a long way around it, right? I did, yeah. Um, over, over explanation. Um, so we'll go straight into it, Eddie. It's 1 to 15, goalkeeper. And this was actually one of the hardest positions to pick this week. It was. There was, um, there was, a, there was a bit of discussion on it. There was, um, I think there was a few names fired in there. I know um, Stephen Murphy from O'Loughlin Gales was one that, yeah. that was pushed um, quite strongly by a few people. Uh, Paul Bowie from Tullerone. Yeah. Um, he was, his name was bandied about a bit too. Uh, I'm sure he'll get his chance as well. And there was another goalkeeper, Sean Bogie. Yeah. He was, he was again, you know, he, he was, he was, he was pushed hard for the position as well. But, you know, based on all the discussions that we had and everything else, the, the one that we all kind of came back to and agreed on was Gavin Costigan for mm-hmm. James Stevens. Made a couple of absolutely brilliant saves against Glenmore. Um, he's going to be having a massive year. James Stevens in the championship, I hope. He, he, you know, Alan Murphy got two great goals on him. There was nothing he could do with them, but another goalkeeper in that goal and Glenmore has five goals. Yeah, Oshin Langan and Mark Dowling were on commentary for KCLR and um, they both did say that Gavin Costigan had a brilliant game. So, Gavin Costigan, you are the first player named in uh, the Kilkenny Hurling Podcast Team of the Week for the second round of the Kilkenny Senior Hurling League. Fullback line then, Eddie? Yeah, no, just because it's important we said it's, it's, it's square peg circle holes. What we've done here is we've picked our backs, midfielders and forwards based on generalness and we've fitted, like you see in the Team of the Week of the All-Stars, yeah. we've put six players into... Which you fundamentally did agree with most of the time. Most of the time, unless I'm picking yes. myself. Yeah, uh, that makes it easy for you. This time it is. So the, the full-back line that we went with this week is Enda Morrissey uh, from Bennett's Bridge, uh, Connor Delaney from Comer, and David Foley from O'Loughlin Gales. Okay. Yeah. Um, any player there that stands out particularly for you, Connor Delaney for Comer, maybe? Yeah, no, he, he had a huge game. Um, you know, David Foley, I think, I think David might have been winning back as well, in fairness, for a lot of games, but he had a big game too. Um, no, but all of them in that full-back team were all part of the reason. And the Morrissey was on the losing team, and you know there's not too many players going to be on the losing team and in there, but um, he, he gave an exhibition at full-back. He, he, was, he was an absolute rock at the back for Bennett's Bridge. So we should say we've picked four players, and not one of those teams have won. So far, yeah. Yes, so far. Okay, so that's the way we're going to do it. It doesn't matter what happened with your team as long as you put in a good individual performance yourself. Halfback line, Eddie? Uh, so the halfback line, um, we went with Tommy Dunn from Tullerone, uh, Tom Kenny from Dixborough, and Owen Murphy from Glenmore. Glenmore treated them absolutely exceptional. Tom Kenny ended up getting man of the match in the Dixborough Lockley Gales game. Tomas Dunn from talking to Eddie Doyle who was covering again for us there he just said he was just outstanding at wing back he just put in a shift he was super he said Park Welch was very very good as well yeah. felt they weren't tested enough but he said Tommy Dunn brilliant and then of course Owen Murphy um, he was in the running for man of the match he can argue with his brother when he goes home as to why Alan's 2-13 was just why we got him man of the match but brilliant shift again for Glenmore for people that only know Owen Murphy as a goalkeeper for Kilkenny and maybe aren't at a lot of Glenmore games how good an outfield player is Owen Murphy? 
Oh, he's brilliant. Um, he's, 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 he's sitting centre-back. He nearly plays like a quarterback, if you can imagine, in Hurling. His distribution is class. His frees are unbelievable. He's just, he's an all-round player. And, like, you know, Owen is cat-like reflexes get him away with being slight he's not the tallest man in the world now when I say slight he's probably 5'9 or something you know um, he's probably two inches taller than me <laughs> but, <laughs> but no this is it I'm not exactly a giant but no, he, he's, he's, a, he's a fantastic hurler um, out the field as well obviously he's the best goalkeeper in the country so you know not Nicky Quaid no I don't know I want to get into that no, anyway. no, he's 100% the best goalkeeper in the country and I'd like to see Nicky Quaid sitting at centre back yesterday oh, um, <laughs> I agree Owen Murphy is the best goalkeeper, one of the best outfield players as well in Kilkenny. Midfield, Eddie? Uh, we went there with Ballyhill, Shamrocks, Adrian Mullen and James Stevens, Luke Scanlon. Uh, two of them put in outstanding shifts. Adrian was more further up the field, but we fitted him into the team at midfield. And Luke Scanlon is just absolute um, flyer for um, James Stevens. He's actually James Stevens' captain this year. He's, mm. you know, uh, they were on the wrong end of a, 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 a one point. Was it one point to be in the end? Yes. Yeah, so it's not like they were bent out of field and the two James Stevens' lads are already in the team of the week. Yeah, so that he, Adrian Mullen, we should say, won our detailed men's where man of the match on Saturday night when they played against Aaron Doan. Forward line, and this is where it gets really interesting, and this is where we have our honourable mentions as well, we should say, half forward line. Yeah, so we went with Bill Sheen from Dixborough, Alan Murphy from Glenmore, and Paul Cody from Clara. Alan was man of the match in the Glenmore James Stevens game, and Paul was man of the match in the Clara versus Dennis Ford game. Bill Sheen, believe he got four points on Friday night against O'Loughlin, so back up a really good display against Clara in the opening round as well. He'd been in and out of the Kilkenny panel, I don't want to keep drumming on about Kilkenny's need for forwards. Do you think he's given the short straw in the sense that he's quite a slight but very fast forward that would suit summer hurling a bit more than winter hurling and he doesn't get the opportunities in Leinster Championship or maybe even further on with Kilkenny when he would be ac- actually at his peak and rather he's kind of pushed into Walsh Cup games where we can't see the best of Bill Sheen. Look, Bill gets a chance under under Derek Lane. He just has to keep doing what he's doing. The point you make is probably fair enough but then you know, you could argue the same point about other players that are, that are small that you know, okay. they, they, they just go and they just go and do. Bill needs to do it at a consistent level. Um, obviously, he hasn't done it enough for Brian Cody prior to Derek, and now Derek. You know, so look, he get a chance. I I'm a massive fan of 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 Bill Sheen. So, He's absolutely yeah. brilliant. Um, he got four points the weekend, and you're on about not being. You know, Alan Murphy got two twelve. Um, two thirteen. Two thirteen. Shane Walsh got three goals and four points. Um, if it's coming down to scoring. He's going to have to consistently get a ball of scores. Well, the two lads are on the freeze as well, we should say. I know they had brilliant games, and I'm not saying they're brilliant forwards as well, but they are on freeze for their teams. Yeah, Alan got two five from Plato. I know yeah. it like, I know, it's a freakish, if it's a freakish score. But look, Bill just keeps doing what he's doing. I mean, like the other side of it too is, whereas if you look at Tullerone scores and you look at Glenn Moore scores, Alan Murphy, what did Glenn Moore score in total? 280, and Alan Murphy scored? 230. So five points were scored for the whole rest of the team, whereas Dixborough scored 120 the other night. Yeah. Sheen scored four points, 116 was scored from the rest of the team. There's, you know, they've got Lee Moore inside the forwards as well. They've got Harry Shine, Mark Nolan, Andy Gaffney, all the way in, and Aidan Nolan as well. Mm. They all weigh in with scores. So, you know, there's a bigger share of the scores, and I, and I completely appreciate it. But look, I think we'll be talking about Bill Sheen when we're naming teams of the week very regularly. Fair enough. Um, Paul Cody as well. Yeah, one man in the match on Sunday against Dinsmore. Again, a brilliant game. Uh, he was under a lot of poke outs. Kevin Nolan picked him out with a good few poke outs. He was winning them. He was pressing up on the. Poke out from Dane's for Fort as well, putting them under pressure. 
a couple of really good scores from play, done a lot of hard work and battling as well. So wasn't the most fantastic match in the world to watch, but there was still a lot of hard work in it and Paul was the, the catalyst there and there was a few other lads there as well from Clara that, that had worked really hard, but he was a stand-up player there. Full forward line then, finally, Eddie. Uh, Shane Walsh, Tullerone, three goals and four points he got the other day. Jack Boogie from Comer, inside the full forward. And uh, Sean Ryan from Greg Bally Callan in the corner forward was the last lap to slip in. Yeah, so full disclosure, I am actually cousins with Jack Boogie. He got one twelve for Comer against the Shamrocks. As you said, Eddie Shane Walsh with 3-4. And I think Sean Ryan was on free-taking duty for Bally Callan against Bennett's Bridge. He only missed one free. He's a very trusty free-taker. So um, this was all very tight, but the three lads... They're all free takers, but deservedly make the team. Oh, definitely. You know, it's it's look, it's all about getting scores on the board. Everyone came back from the, the games. Anyone that was at these games, they were the standout players or the ones that picked out. I'm sure anyone that's listening to this that was not any of the matches where you might find a disagreement with one or two, you won't find disagreements for five or six positions on that team. So it is what it is. I'd say that team would be a fairly strong team if you're lined them out next week. Yeah, that was yes, no, yeah. Do let us know if you disagree with us. Just very briefly before we move on to the intermediate side of things, Eddie. Honourable mentions, I have it down here. Harry Shine for the Borough, who of course has starred for underage uh, with Kilkenny and with the Borough in recent years. Owen Brennan, who wasn't actually named on the panel and wasn't on the programme, but had a very good game against the Shamrocks. He's quite a young man. Mark Nolan uh, led the Dixborough to an under-21 title not too long ago. He got three points from play. Conor McMahon as well from Colmer had a good game around the midfield and half-back line. Sean Buggy, as we said, was in goal for Aaron's own, another cousin of mine. Um, Mark Bergen, a brilliant free-taker for Lachlan's and Ryan Corkin as well. So they're just some of the players that were in with a chance as well as Bill Gaffney for Tullerone so we do have to have a serious top process behind this we're not just kind of chucking nails onto a sheet no definitely it's, it, it is and to be fair what we'll be doing is we look at it all during the season as well and see consistently going back we'll try and get as many as Robbie's family into this game yeah exactly can. you know we got I'm start co- talking out myself so again what do we get in one cousin in and one cousin out one cousin in one out um, 50% strike rates so yeah. far no good on you Jack and Sean fair play and fair play to, <laughs> fair play to everyone that made the team just to go through that team again then Goalkeepers Gavin Costigan and Demarcy Connor Delaney and David Fogarty are the full back line. The half back line is Owen Murphy, Tom Kenny, and Tomas Dunn. Adrian Mullen and Luke Scanlon are the midfield. Bill Sheen, Alan Murphy, and Paul Cody are the half forwards. Shane Walsh, Jack Boogie, and Sean Ryan are the full forward line. So we will have that feature every single week here on the Kilkenny Hurling podcast. Okay, Eddie, that's the senior things wrapped up. Again, we'll have four live commentaries this weekend, we should say, on Casey Laura. Begins on Friday night will be in Dance 4 from 7 o'clock for Bennis Bridge versus James Stevens. Then on Saturday at 2 o'clock, Mullen of take on O'Loughlin Gales will at half 4 on the same day. It's Greg Valley Callan versus Bally Hills Shamrocks. And then we wrap up the weekend with the meeting of Dance 4 and Dixborough at 3 o'clock in Park. Shame and Steve on. There are four live commentaries. We will have updates from the other two senior games on Friday night. That's Aaron's own versus Glenmore and Clara and Tullerone. They are taking place at the same time as Bennis Bridge and James Stevens. We'll also have updates from all of the intermediate games that take place this weekend. Now, the intermediate results this week are were as follows. On Friday night, Carrick Shock 15 points, Rowan Steeg 25 points, Munkine 1 goal and 23 points, St. Martin's 2 goals and 21 points, 
Connie Shermrock's lost 110 to 221 against Young Ireland. Then on Sunday, there were a further three games. Liz Downey quite comfortable against the Fiends, 119 to 14 points. Blacks and Whites lost to Dun and Magan, 118 to 323. And Thomastown proved too strong for O'Loughlin Gales, 226 to 511. Eddie's standout result for me, it's my own team, St. Martin's two wins from two. When you think back to last year, we lost all of our group games. That's a big result for us. It is a massive result. Um, you know, it, like the first day as well, it was a really low-scoring game that that that, that St. Martin's won. Um, I had wondered, you know, how defensive were they setting up that they were putting in such a low-scoring game. But two goals and twenty-one points is going to win every match, or nearly every match. Um, and and you know, it's a massive score. Munkhoyne as well. Now the only thing I will say there, Robbie, was St. Martin's had a massive lead up in that game, and they bloody well. It was a very strong breeze. We had updates from the game. Yeah, okay, and Ryan was there for us. And I was looking at that, and I was like, holy God, this is some comeback. Yeah, it's like an enormous breeze. Like the the day you were down doing Glenmore and the Shamrocks first, it was that big. Yeah. So. No, look, great win. Um, Cheddar, Cheddar is definitely getting the best out of the lads at the moment. Um, great start to the year, I'm sure. Everybody in Muckley is is is, is thrilled. Yeah, I'm back at Coon. Uh, oh, that's gosh. the club. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, really good result for them. I know the lads are super fit. Apparently, they are playing with at least one sweeper. Speculation that there's two. I'm not going to confirm that for. Um, people that don't like sweepers but that's kind of they're setting up as defensively as possible and uh, it's working for them yeah, but look, you, you find ways to win that's it don't worry about systems and setups and everything else um, Cheddar Brunk is a winner I watched him with James Stevens being in the county final Owen Larkin was playing as sweeper then yeah. um, you know he, he, he's been relatively successful with inter-county teams he, look wherever he goes he, he makes his mark that's the way he sets up that's how he plays his game let him at it no issue at all I don't know why there's such an issue about the way teams set up in Kilkenny there's nowhere else because don't you think that for one second bit of it in Cork no ah, look, Cork man. and Tip there might be a bit of traditionism in the whole I like, I, I like to call it arrogance more than anything um, if you have a team there that's going to go out and you're going to get bet by 20 points you know why would you do that why would you go out and be a sitting duck and let some team absolutely murder you when you can just drop a corner forward back and pull them from the full back line try and give a bit of protection to the house make it as tight as you can and try and win it on, by an odd point or two and run it in opposition teams don't like you're running at them in Ireland like they'll foul you and if you have a good free taker bang Bob's your uncle Grand. job done good stuff so, happy enough with that Young Ireland's um, I said it to you last week there was a lot of disappointment in Gorham with the result um, the first day out against Liz Downey they've bounced back big time 221 to 110 Connie Shamrocks I had predicted all Auckland Gales um, would be the team that would be all dropping out Connie there are going to be holding on to them tight there's, there's two of them in a the right tussle there now you're going to go back on what you said no um, I still think like Keen Light came on for the seniors the other day um, so I, I, I can see these lads are going to start drifting away unfortunately for the intermediate side because they have to focus on the senior team uh, Connie Shamrocks that's two days out Pat Connie uh, St. Martin's be Connie the first day but Connie what did he score the first day I can't remember 1-9 I think it was 1-9 yeah, and 1-10 first round intermediate championship in Ireland so it's really low scoring it's worrying stuff that's yeah. what it is Um I'd be worried for them, I think. But again, Young Ireland's are a very strong team, and that must be said as well. Phoenix uh, is Downey. Um had kind of put that down as the game I thought would be a right battle there I still think DJ I think you're overestimating the Fiendans Eddie um, I thought to put up a bit of a battle there I, I, I think I had said to you I think it is down here yeah. to win this championship um, they're just going about their business nice and like, nice and smart uh, another another good win for them there um, it is down here 
the other game, the Roar Inish League against Carrick Shock. Ten point win for Roar Inish League in this. Um, I don't know what's going on with Carrick Shock. Carrick Shock competed in the county semi final last year intermediate. And they ran Thomastown right to the last minute of that county semi final. Um, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, you're right, yeah. Um, it's, it's when you, when you lift your head and look over at me, I'm like, am I rocking? You know, sorry, no. Um, no, but I, they did. They ran them so close, beating 10 points. I was looking at the team yesterday to see could I find who's missing off the panel or what's going on. I haven't been to see them. I'm going to make sure I get to see Carrick Shock uh, this weekend if I can at all. But um, I, I, I don't know what's going on there because it's the same management team, it's the same players um, I, I, I just don't know and another defeat there that's Kerry Chopper worrying that's two defeats and two heavy defeats yeah their next game is Sunday is half four against O'Loughlin Gales so both sides coming in off the back of defeats um, we did actually go through all of the group A games there and the Carrick Shock game but just to look at group A and the next set of fixtures that are coming up there it begins on Friday night St. Martin's take on the Fenians in Freshford we'll have updates from all of these games with live reporters at the grounds we should say then Connie Shamrock's take on Liz Downey at the same time that game will be in Ballyragget and I should say a big t- shout out to all the people in Ballyragget that had Casey Laura on the first weekend um, when uh, St. Martins were playing Connie Shermarks it was coming out over the PA system there so hopefully you did enjoy it that night and you enjoy it again this coming Friday if you do have it on and then the last game of the weekend in that group takes place on Sunday at 2 o'clock in Ballyhale Mooncoyne will face Young Ireland's um, those games, Eddie, how do you see them going? St. Martins and Fenians, I expect St. Martins to win that game. Um, they're, they're going really well so far, so they're on an upward curve, and, and Fenians, unfortunately, are, are, are going in the other direction. Connie against Liz Downey. Uh, Liz Downey, um, without a shadow of a doubt, Liz Downey again in this. And then Young Ireland and Munkoyne. Um, I'd be really interested to see how this goes. Um, Young Ireland were beaten by Liz Downey the first day out really good the last day um, this will be a right test because Munkoyne will be sore now after the defeat the other day I know that's a good strong Munkoyne team as well Bally Hales picked big wide on field that they beat Blacks and Whites two years ago in the mm. county quarterfinals down there. They don't have the big white pitch that suited them um, down to the ground where we were home for a tire pitch. But it's it is what it is. I, I, I think that'll be really, really close. And I'm going to go Young Ireland. I'm going to go for Young Ireland's list down the end, St. Martins. Okay, I will go for. St. Martins never back against your own club uh, Liz Downey will be Connie Shermer so be absolutely shocked if they didn't I'll go for Moonkine to be in Ireland yeah I'll go for Moonkine to be in Ireland yeah I think Moonkine are a very good team um, so that group then currently reads Liz Downey are on top with 4 points St. Martins are also on 4 points there in 2nd on score difference 2 points each Young Ireland's in 3rd and Moonkine in 4th then the bottom 2 it is Fenian and Connie Shermerks who have so suffered defeats in their opening 2 games. The results then from the other group, that's Group B of course we mentioned that they're on a steal with 10 point winners over Carrick Shock then you had Blacks and Whites losing to Dunhamagan and Thomas Stone beating O'Loughlin Gales in two very high scoring games we touched on Carrick Shock there so we'll go to the Blacks and Whites and Dunhamagan was this rude awakening to intermediate that the Blacks and Whites had put off a week? Um, yeah, look, it, it would have been um, Michael Cromaloni was missing at fullback. He's an ever-present in, in, in the Blacks and Whites team at fullback. So when you take him out of there, I'd say I don't remember any matches we played without Crom at fullback. No. I was there for four years. Um, he's he's a massive, massive. Um, cog in that wheel so he was a huge huge loss to the lads um, I know Eddie was at the game I spoke to Eddie afterwards and he said that the scoreline is not a reflection on how the game went um, Eddie you know, will be watching him with black and white sunglasses on too Oh yes. Um, but he did say Sam Byrne was just 
unmarkable, unbelievable if we can get the rest of the lads to come up to that pace, they'll have no problems there. Dunhamagan, you know, their seasons are going to have very different ambitions here. Dunhamagan are seeing themselves as contenders this year. Blacks and whites wouldn't be seeing themselves at that level yet. But, um, no, look, it'd be a tough day at the office. They have to pick up their teeth and uh, thankfully they have a nice handy one next week against Thomastown in the league. Yeah, speaking of Thomastown, very high-scoring game against O'Loughlin's, 226-511. Do you look at this as a Thomastown team that can just outscore anybody they want or do you look at this as a Thomastown team who are conceding a hell of a lot against a side that you tip for relegation? Um, yeah, I would be very worried if I was Thomas down there conceding five goals. It's not the 11 points, obviously, they're okay, fine. Okay. Five goals, it's not, oh, we, we, Kevin Keegan hurling here, we'd score more than you. Straight away, when you concede five goals in the championship match, you're looking at saying, what's going on here? So I've ima- I, I would imagine there'll be a, a, a heavy training session in there this week at some stage, and, and, and Noel Doherty will be putting the gun to the back of the heads of a few cornerbacks and saying, it's time to ship up or ship out. You can't concede five goals in the championship match. Do you think it's at all possible that Thomas Town are just telling their players at the moment, and maybe just want uh, transition into the knockout stages. Just hurl freely. Individually, you're better than your opponents. Collectively, you're better than your opponents. Irrespective of what we concede, we'll outscore them. We'll get our wins. We'll boost our confidence, and we'll build for championship. Um, I'd be stunned if that was happening. Yeah. Like, like, that sounds like a really nice thing to say. I'd love to do that. Um, no, I think what will happen is Thomastown will be going out to try and play their own game and implement their own game plan. I would imagine Thomastown got caught. Um, I got, I'd say they got caught. I, I, without being at the match, and this is just guessing, I'd say Thomastown got caught pushing forward and they got hit on, on breaks that some good balls with the full forward line and the Thomastown full back line were, were probably caught or whatever. But what I'd be saying here is every single team that played Thomastown, Blacks and White's coming up against Thomastown next week you watch the Blacks and White's full forward next week you will be guaranteed the three fastest lads that have in there will be put in there and they'll bomb ball down to them hoping that the Thomastown full back line are there for the taking because that's the shite and cliche you have to listen to when you can see five goals oh that's full back line are there for the taking you know ask me like come on it's about the ball going in you know it's 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 it's, it's stuff happening way further out the field that's creating these I, I'd be worried about um the 511 they conceded but I'd be delighted with the 226 they got so either way it'll be it'll be a horrible transition this week yeah, yeah. fair enough so the games this weekend in that group it begins on Friday at 7 as there's a lot of groups of course Blacks and Whites against Thomastown then on Saturday there's another game it's Roaring the Sea versus Dunhamagan at 2 o'clock that game is actually in Thomastown and then the final game of the weekend in that group takes place on Sunday at half past 4 it is Carrick Shock against O'Loughlin Gales um, go through those games as well quickly Eddie who do you see coming out on top um, the roaring issue against Dunhamagan um, I think this could be a cracker there's your game of the weekend um, like I know you have a real soft spot for roaring issue league I, I think I think Dunhamagan are very good as well uh, Dennis Walsh in particular I think is brilliant um, Ray Cody in midfield as well very very good um, I I don't know I didn't even I, I haven't seen roaring issue league hurling yet this year Um and I just think, you know, they were missing a few lads in the whole lot. I, I'm going to I'm going to tip Dunhamagan to win that game there. Um, probably going against the curve a small bit. In the O'Loughlin games, Carrick Shock game, this is a real, the, 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 old, the old six-pointer, as they say in the soccer. Um, this is two teams on zero points coming up against each other. Um, don't know what's going on with Carrick Shock. O'Loughlin Gales getting 5-11 the other day will have them buzzing. And again, I'm going to go really left centre here and I'm going to tip Carrick Shock to, to the O'Loughlin Gales. I don't know what's going on with Carrick Shock, but I'm hoping Richie will have that sorted for their own sakes. Um, 
and then blacks and whites against Thomastown. Um, I noticed you left us last, even though it's first. Yeah, when it started at the bottom, it is No, it wasn't at all. Uh, look, you, you know, my heart is saying blacks and whites, and I want blacks and whites to win, like, but they're playing Thomastown. Thomastown won the favourites in the World Championship, I think. Uh, hopefully, Crow was back and stuff, so the blacks and whites can have the full team on the field, but I think they're going to be massively up against, against Thomastown. But I, I'll, I'll just side with blacks and whites to put on the <laughs> 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 oh, he's gone down here on this. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Okay. That's fair. Made it that far out. Uh, Blacks and Whites, Thomas Stone. I'll go with Thomas Stone. Um, I can't believe it when Blacks and Whites, fair play. Um, I think the Roar and the Steag would beat Dunham Magan. And the other game, Kirk Shocken and Auckland. I think Kirk Shocken win that. I think Kirk Shock will win that as well. So we agree on all of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, look, I think I, I, I was talking. Obviously, I think, I think Thomas Town will be Black and White. I hope they don't. But okay, yeah. look, it is what it is. But we do agree on the three of them. And that, that, O'Loughlin Gales need to win this game against Kirk Shock, and so do Kirk Shock need to win that. That's one of them absolutely destined for the relegation. Yeah, they don't. yeah, they do. They need results there. Just to go through the groups, or the other group, very briefly, because we did go through Group A. Uh, Dunhamagan sit on top. Actually, sit pretty on top with four points. Thomas Town then are in second. They also have. Maximum points on four. Roar and Steve are on two. Blacks and Whites are on two. And then the bottom two are Lockins and Carrick Shock on no points. Just looking at it there, Eddie, we both tipped, I tipped Thomas Town to win it. You tipped Liz Downey. I don't think we're backing off from what we've seen the past weekend. <coughs> Relegation. You mentioned Conaghy there. You look at Carrick Shock. Are there more teams in this than we initially thought? At the moment, the four teams that are putting their hands up. Arfinians, Carrick, Shaco, Lachlan, Gales, and um, the other team in the other groups, there's no points. There's Connie and Shamrocks. Yeah. So that's the four teams that are on no points. So they're the four teams that are putting their hands up for relegation. I think um, the score the scoring averages are telling me that Connie and Shamrocks are the team that are actually really, really in big trouble. Um, Carrick, Shock, well, Lachlan, Gales, there was a burst of life in them, 5-11 that's putting you back into it Fenians you know without being brilliant pull it up to Liz Downey the other day like they, they kind of get going again like so I would say you could end up Connie Shamrocks I'd be really worried for Connie Shamrocks because they're, they're not scoring at all okay. um, and Carrick Shock are going to need it they're going to need a reaction now because they, they haven't been putting up scores like, I know it's going to sound silly if you're conceding you can you can work on that if you're not scoring it's really difficult to work on that it's much easier to try and sew it up as I said drop an extra defender back do what you want but if you're not getting scores on the board you're in trouble um, and 1-9 and 1-10 from two rounds of the championship has me screaming Connie here and big butter so you're going to change? nope I'm still saying we're locking games but you're locking games with Connie going down ok I'll, go, I'll stay with the Fenians I still think the Fenians will go down um Junior, very finally and very quickly, Eddie, uh, the games this weekend, 2 o'clock on Saturday, it is Gray Namana versus Tuller Ross Burke, and that's in Park Naraha. In Bourne at 3 o'clock, it's Sleeve versus the Emeralds. Uh, then there are three games on Sunday afternoon, half past 12, it all kicks off with St. Lockton's taking on Pilltown in Palmerstown. Kilmacow are facing St. Patrick's at 2 o'clock in St. John's Park, while at the same time in Tom Royal Park, Galmai go up against Wingap. Two teams, of course, that come together for the underage side of things. And then the final game of the weekend in junior sees Barrow Rangers go up against John Locks at 4 o'clock in Clare that is also on Sunday uh, the results from last weekend probably should have started with these but anyway here we are Dragnamana 3 21 Clonine 14 points 
Hilltown 220, Kilmacow 18, Tuller Ross Burke 114, St. Lockton 17 points in Group A. In Group B, Wine Gap for 23 points to 16 point winners over the Emeralds. John Locks defeated Galmai by 117 to 18, and Barra Rangers came out on top against Sleeve although apparently there may be a bit of contention around that, and we won't go into it. Um, but some points were given that maybe shouldn't have been, some wides were given that maybe should have been points. But anyway, uh, Barra Rangers 223. Yeah, apparently there's something happening there. But I probably shouldn't have said that. Who won again? Barra Rangers. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's the problem with Barra Rangers winning the game? I, I just heard there was something going on. It was wides. It's league championship. But this happened before with Clarence Tullerone. Was Clarence Tullerone? It was. It was a bit different. I was at the two of them were top of the league ah, in yeah. the senior. And if I remember rightly, what happened with Clarence Tullerone was the scoreboard was wrong. No, the ref had the report wrong. No, the scoreboard was wrong. And uh, it was 121 to 122, and the referee then went with the scoreboard, if you know what I mean. He thought he made a mistake and all that. There was a one point. Oh, you're right, yeah. Well, the ref's report was wrong. Yeah, there was a one point then. I looked back in the video, and I think the two teams then agreed to take a draw. Yes, something happened that time, wasn't it? No, they agreed. I'm pretty sure they agreed to take a draw, but I can remember the consternation around it. Just so you know, there was absolutely no effect from it. No. This, this Fire Rangers and Fleeru result yesterday, there, there, there's no consequence. I don't know why they'd be appealing this. Like, what did they lose by a point? Uh, two. They lost by two points, and now they're put. And they're well, look, if something happens, something. I don't know what's happening though. I should. Say, I've just heard this on the grapevine, and probably shouldn't have aired it. Uh, on the grapevine. On the grapevine. Well, two points now, now instead of one. So we're saying the referee made two or three mistakes. I, I don't know. Maybe it was the umpires. I, I don't. I genuinely. All I heard, I heard one line that that result's going to be looked at, and that's it. Sure, we're looking so at now. I, well, I know that. Yeah, well, that we're looking at the full time result. But look, I'm not, I'm not saying anything, as as a great man would say. Um, I'm not going for a fella that didn't say all I know. You started an awful lot. Yeah, right. Um, Barry Rangers, Steve Rue, and I'll leave it in there, Robbie. Edit now. Barry Rangers and Steve Rue. Don't know what happened in the result. Very high scoring game. Um, surprised that the Barry Rangers won the game again. Anyway, but sure, maybe it's because they had their own umpires down behind the goal. Ramy as used just against the goal. Anyway, anyway uh, John Locks, Galmoy, uh, good win for John Locks there. Yeah, very yeah. good. Um, they needed that in the first round of the Yeah, and in a heavy defeat the first round, but I do think they're missing a heavy players the first day as well. Those lads on holidays and stuff, which isn't isn't ideal. No. Um, in the other other round of the championship, there wine gap against the Emeralds. Big win for wine gap. I know they're your tip for this year's. Yeah, I'm going um, for them. Tuller Ross Burkin and St. Lockton's won 14 to 17 points. It was always going to be the tightest game of the weekend. Game of the weekend and right. ends in a draw. The team I'm after explaining to you already that will win the championship this year. Piltown, two goals and 20 points to Kilmacow's 18 points. A uh, big win there for, for Piltown. Kilmacow, I think, it got off the good start as well last week. Uh, and then Clanine against Greg Nomanis. Greg Nomanis first day out. Uh, 321 to 14 points. 321 fair shooting from Greg Nomanis. 30 points in the challenge match. Certainly. Just to go through the groups then, Piltown are on top. They're on four points total. Ross Burke and St. Lockton's are on three points Greg Nomana on two and then St. Patrick's Kilmacow and Clonine are all on zero the other group sees one gap on top with four Galmoy are on two Bar Rangers are on two Emeralds are on two John Locks are on two and Sleeve are on none currently we should say um, but just to mention there my team's top in one gap your team is top in Piltown so those tips looking good so far but of course it is very early days in group C just to say and we don't go into this too much on this podcast Munkine 515 is Downey 1-9 Dixborough 426 Clara 210, Aaron Dolan 116, Roaring Steak 18 points. So, um, 
yeah, Dick Furrer on top there, uh, go down through McCoy Thomastown, Aaron Zone is down, James Stevens and Shamrocks, Claret, Thomastown and Roaring Steve. Eddie, we always finish on a note that is separate from the club scene in Kilkenny in terms of the actual matches themselves. The general buzz around the county, and we touched on it at the start, in a strange way, is there a bigger buzz for club hurling in Kilkenny than inter-county hurling? It, it can feel like that sometimes. What happens is everyone's involved in the club championships. If you get me, so yeah. like everyone has a club, and sometimes what happens at the county games is if you have a club player involved in the county, it means so much more. You know what I mean? You'd see that um, right through the ranks. So you look up at Young Ireland's there. Mikey Carey was in with the panel this year. Unfortunately, he kind of caught a little bit sick and whatever else leading into the big game. But he missed out Thomas Down, someone like John Donnelly flying the flag there. So each of these lads are flying the flags for their clubs. But it's, it's when you get to the club scene, it's, it's, it's your cousins, it's your uncles, it's your brothers, it's your sisters, it's your it's your family. And that's everyone, every hurling person, every GA person is invested in the club championships. Not every GA person is as invested in the senior inter-county championships or, the, you know, the senior, county senior hurling team uh, championship, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, what I'm saying. So I would see, I'd say that there is a point to it that, like, like my argument would be everybody in Kilkenny that's in any way connected with a club has some connection to the club championship, whether it's a junior C championship match or a senior championship match. You'll have somebody related to you or your neighbour or something that brings you there to show from. And it's the same in most counties, if not all counties. Like in work this morning with me, you know, the conversation around the 10 o'clock tea break was this week, Young Ireland are now back to going to win the championship again. Last week, it was all every hurling in the parish should be burnt. You know, yeah, that seems very amplified in Kilkenny oh, compared to other counties. Uh, <laughs> it does. I, I can tell you, just to burst the footballs back home in Westmead as well. It's, you know, it's it, but you know what? We love it though, and that's the one thing. Yeah. And I think with the club championships over the weekends as well, like you're talking about six or seven lads this morning having a coffee, and I think between the seven of us, there was maybe nine games last minute attended. So I got told that, oh, what was it? I said to me this morning, I was watching I was watching too much bad games. I was watching too many crap games, so now that really bad player or average players are starting to look good. Okay. Uh, one of the lads that I pointed out a player who will remain unnamed now okay. and said he was fantastic and I was told that. And then the other point that I said to you about social media that you'd see all comments and stuff on that. Yeah. What I was told was um not every prick has a Twitter account, yes. but every prick is on Twitter. <laughs> and, and and yeah, yeah, yeah right. Very true. Before you before you ended this week though, you're on about the referees or white balls that weren't given or whatever it is yeah. in, in that game itself. There was a game in Tipperary at the weekend, and I don't know if you've seen this now, and I, I don't ask me which of the clubs was senior hurling championship match. I think it was pretty much knockout as well, or very close to it. Last minute free, scoreboard has one team leading by two points. The last minute free on the 65, heading down the attacking team are losing, but yeah. according to the scoreboard, two points. The player remonstrates with the referee, about a 10 second conversation and then the player proceeds to hang the ball in as you can imagine or yeah, deep in injury time and asked the ref I'd say is there an the ref said no hung it in ball got cleared two minutes after the full time whistle goes the staff people come out from both teams and they've realised that there was only one point in it when that free was given 
Yes, damn. What needs to happen? Does does something need to be taken off the referees in terms of scoring? It's very hard for referees. Like, keeping. I, like, like, I remember I remember playing a match one time and the score um, the lad doing the stats for us had the score of say one eleven to one ten, and the scoreboard had it at one twelve to one ten, and he stopped. He went straight into referee and had the game stopped. Because the referee there's two points on that scoreboard and we're we're one point. And the referee checked his notebook and then the other lads came in and checked it and then the scoreboard was changed and the game proceeded. Like every team has stats, man. They've you go to every club match now, yeah. There's stats people on the sidelines, there's uh, camera people on the sidelines, all that. I don't think it's it's rocket science for the referee to stop taking scores in games. And I even say the the yellows and the reds that you've people there taking notes of him for the referee and let the referee focus on keeping the game going go as quick as he can and then if there's any incidents or issues at all in the game the fourth official or the linesman or someone yeah. stops the game brings the referee's attention and checks it but I think um, that game in Tipperary the problem you have Robbie is a mistake like that can end someone's year and you have to remember a team starts training in January for a championship and they put in six or seven months of their lives to put everything on hold and then a human error that could be could be mixed you know could be definitely there's no need for it but like that situation yesterday I, I, and this is why I'm saying to you and it'd be interesting for anybody else's opinions but I'd watch what happens in Tipperary over the next week with that incident because that was a 65 uh, yard for you it was going straight over the bar if you'd known there was only a point in it um, but look he, he thought it was two points in and he had to go for the goal so I don't know we're, uh, when we're in a stage where on the club side of things there's a shortage of officials and there is a referee two linesmen and obviously four umpires if you're going well then you know some counties they would struggle to get that should the umpire that is on the green flag duty that does the goals take the score and should the other umpire doing that keep the time to allow the referee to just referee the game? Yeah, I think it's something along them lines. They're already there anyway. Um, one of them does it. The other thing that you could have is the PRO and the host club as well could be used in some way as, as some form. Like the People... People love to help out if they're asked. You have to have the score right in the game, don't you, Eddie? Yes. You can't have that where it's like, oh, we'll go back and actually it's grand now. No, this count back and all this crap. Yeah, that's, no. That's, like, like, for me, if I'm doing the scoreboard in the match, like, it's not... Have you seen the scoreboards in most of the pitches now? It's like a little remote control in your hand. Mm. Like, I mean, why don't we just give the umpire the, the yoke in his pocket and let him just manage the scores? I watched an umpire in one of the games the other day and there was a point and he was so excited he went over and he grabbed the green flag and he fired it up in the air and he realised he was on the right side. <laughs> <laughs> the other lad had it up in the air I was like what's going on here but it was, it was the first score of the game yeah, he was just yeah. excited for the job these lads were thinking about giving the their oh, full control to, oh, I don't know something, something needs to be looked at but I do know if you, if you look it up in Tipperary I'm sorry for not having my homework done and named the clubs no, involved but right. it's a senior hurling game in any in Tipperary and it did happen this weekend ok interesting way to end the podcast Eddie thanks for your company as always Robbie look forward to talking to you again next week that was the Kilkenny Hurling Podcast it is brought to you by Casey Lord the place where you can hear coverage of all of the Kilkenny Senior Intermediate and Junior Games every single weekend from now all the way through to October do make sure to tune into the Kilkenny Hurling Podcast every single week myself and Eddie Scally will be here maybe with some guests we'll have our team of the week we'll look back at the Senior Grade Intermediate and Junior as well as get all the talking points from the world of hurling. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere you do your podcast listening. We'll be back next week. 
The Kilkenny Hurling Podcast with Eddie Scally and Robbie Dowling. Brought to you by KCLR and scoreline.ie. Thanks for listening. As I said there, we will have four games on KCLR this weekend. And of course, myself and Eddie will be back every week from now all the way through to the end of the Kilkenny Senior Intermediate and Junior Championships to preview the upcoming weekend and review the weekend that has just gone by. Listen in on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. And thanks for listening in to today's show.